Resurrection Sunday. Here we go. It's Easter 2021. Uh, happy Passover for everybody. Okay, for, for those of you watching online as well. And I'm excited to be able to share the word this morning to all of us. Okay, so if we're ready, let's open our Bible to Luke 9, verse 22. Luke 9, verse 22. And it says right here in Luke 9, verse 22, this is what Jesus said. And he said, the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests and the teachers of the law, and he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. This is the very word of Jesus. Okay? When Jesus said these things, he put all of his credibilities on the line. Why? Because if he did not rise again on the third day, then he will just go down for another imposter. Okay? So when he said that I must be killed, I must suffer, and on the third day I will rise again, and if on the third day he did not rise again, he puts all of his credibility on the line then he would just go down as an, another imposter. Oh, you're just lying. Everybody's waiting on the third day and suddenly Jesus did not rise again. Um, anybody know who Houdini is? Houdini, if you go to Las Vegas, you know the master magician. It's a very famous magician, right? Houdini. And he's very famous with what? Escaping from things. Okay, he would put you know, all the metal chains, you know, and then one of his famous acts was all the metal chains and then he jumped to the ocean and then people are just waiting, are you going to come out, are you going to come out? And then he literally came out. He asked the volunteers to come up to the front and, and to check whether the chains, whether the metal is real and it's locked, okay? He can escape from chains, he can escape from straight jacket, he can escape from boxes uh, that is locked, okay? That's Houdini. Okay, he passed away. But one day, Houdini claimed that he would also escape death. Okay? All the fans were like, oh, really? He's going to escape death? And then it happens. He died, right? He died. It, uh, it was already passed. One year after that, all of his fans were waiting. All of his fans were waiting for him to give like, signs of life or uh, signs of reappearance but it never happened so up until today Houdini appears in what the wax museum in Madame Tussaud okay he never came back to life he was never arise again yet he made the claim so we know that Houdini is just another imposter he's just someone who just trying to make claims that is not true and then now we have Jesus saying the same thing that I will rise again on the third day so we got to test his word. Am I right? We got to test whether Jesus is really alive today or not. So Jesus' claim was to be tested for its legitimacy on the third day after the crucifixion. And this is Paul's word for it. Let's turn our Bible to 1 Corinthians 15, verse 40 to 20. Okay, this is Paul's word testing to Jesus' 
resurrection. Verse 14. And if Christ has not been raised, then all our preaching is useless. Then your faith is useless. 15. And we apostles would all be lying about God, for we have said that God raised Christ from the grave. But that cannot be true if there is no resurrection of the dead. 16. And if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. 17. And if Christ has not been raised for the second time, it's, it is repeated, then your faith is useless. And we are still guilty of our sins. 18. In that case, all who have died believing in Christ are lost. 19. And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are more to be pitied than anyone in the world. Listen to that. We are more to be pitied than anyone in the world. 20. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first of a great harvest of all who have died. Now there's two parts this morning that I want to talk about. What if Christ has not been raised from the dead? And what if Christ has been raised from the dead? This, the first part I want you to hear. If Christ has not been raised from the dead, then the, uh, the teaching of, where did the teaching of morality comes from? Where did the teaching of love comes from? It says that it is better to love than to hate, right? Where did it come from? It is said that it is wrong to steal. It is wrong to commit adultery. It is wrong to murder. Who made these law? Where did this come from? Who says all these things? Maybe then it is your narrow point of view that taught me that I have to love you, right? It's just maybe your narrow point of view. Maybe it is better for us to hate on each other. And maybe I have the right to my own views, right? If Christ has not been raised to life, I have the right to my own views. You keep whatever your views are. You know, it's better to love or not to hate, blah, blah. I will keep mine because there's no morality that I should follow. Who should I follow? Who made these laws from the very beginning? In what basis those rules come from? The laws of life. We have no basis for morality if Christ has not been raised from the dead. If Christ is not risen from the dead, then our preaching right now is in vain. There's nothing for us to come together for. It is no longer we are preaching about the good news. It's, it is all just a lie. Your faith will also be in vain. Empty to believe in Christ. Empty to believe that anything is worthwhile. Empty to believe that your life can be changed for the better. If Christ has not been raised from the dead, then we all will be slaves to our own flesh and desires. There will be no morality. If Christ has not been raised from the dead, in verse 17 it is repeated that your faith will be useless. Now let me talk about this to you guys. Two times it is mentioned that our faith will be empty and then our faith will be useless. In the Greek translation, okay, in the original language in the Greek, there's two words, different words that is being used. One is kinos. 
Kinos means empty. There's nothing for us to believe. So our faith will be empty. Kinos. Now the second one, it says that your faith will be useless. In the Greek word, it says mataya. Mataya means what? Void of results. Your faith will be void of results. Listen to me on this one. How could a dead person do any good to anybody? How could a dead person do any good? Those people who worship somebody else out there because they believe they are alive. How could it produce results? How could you be helped by faith on someone who is dead? How could you be healed by faith on someone who is dead? How could you be guided by someone who is dead? There will be no sense of hoping or praying for any change. If Christ is not risen from the dead, then those who died believing in Christ have perished. It is the end. There is nothing else than the life they previously lived. All the good living is in vain. All of the sacrifice we make, they made, it's nothing. You know, it's empty. It is better off they live for themselves. There is no reward waiting for them in heaven. There is no future life. If Christ is not risen from the dead, Paul said, I think this is pretty, pretty true. If Christ is not risen from the dead, we out of all people, it says, we out of all people are the most pitiable, most miserable on the face of the earth. And people should look at us and say, oh, what a shame. Isn't that a pity? As they look at us, as they look at Christianity, oh, they believe in something that does not exist. They believe in someone who is dead. Paul himself said, we are to be pitied than anyone on earth. For we are nothing more than a poor, deluded fools. Five things for us to know this morning, if Christ has not been raised from the dead. One, our preaching is in vain. Two, our faith is useless and void of results. Three, there won't be any moralities to follow. Four, people who have died believing in Christ are lost. Five, we Christians are to be pitied than anyone in the world. I think this is pretty clear. If Christ has not been raised from the dead, I'll step down right now and I don't want to continue this preaching. Because I'm to be pitied than anyone else in the world. But we know in verse 20, he says what? Back to 1 Corinthians 15. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first of a great harvest of all who have died. Now let's see the proof. I'm going to give you only three this morning. There's all kinds of proof that Christ has been raised from the dead. Proof number one. Three reasons that proves the resurrection of Christ. One, the scriptures which is prophecies being fulfilled long before Jesus was even born to the earth. Okay, I'm going to take you to still in the 1 Corinthians 15 to the beginning of the chapter, verse 3 to 4. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 3 to 4, it says this, I pass on to you what was most important and what had also been passed to me. This is Apostle Paul speaking. It has been passed on to him as well. What does it say? Christ died for our sins, just as the scriptures said. Verse 4, He was buried and He was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scriptures said. What kind of scriptures? All the scriptures, all the prophecies that have been talked about Jesus long 
ago, it all came through. So that's the, the first uh, reason, the first uh, proof of Christ's resurrection is the scriptures. The prophecies being fulfilled. Dead according to the scriptures, raised according to the scriptures. Number two, this is the most interesting part that I would spend most of my time. The eyewitnesses. Let's talk about the eyewitnesses. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 5 to 8. He was seen by Peter and then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by what? More than 500 of his followers at one time. Most of whom are still alive. During Paul's, Paul's life, they are still alive, those eyewitnesses. Though some have died, verse 7. Then he was seen by James and later by all the apostles. Eight, last of all, as though I had been born at the wrong time, I also saw him. Who saw Jesus? Peter, the 12 disciples, 500 followers at one time, and Apostle Paul himself. Now let's talk about this this uh, 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 witnesses. I will need some volunteers. As I told the youth last night, I would need all of you guys to come forward. All the youth, come forward, please. If you are in the youth group, come forward, please. Don't waste your time. Okay, while you come forward, I want you to pay attention. When we're talking about all these uh, witnesses, yeah, just come forward right here. This is our next generation. What's up? Okay, just wait over here. I'm going to break you into groups. Okay. Now, if we see all these followers, this is only what? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Okay. Only nine. But if we look at these eyewitnesses of Jesus, we are given two options. Okay. One is to believe rather all these witnesses are true, or two, they are all lying. Yeah, we only have two options when talking about the eyewitnesses of Jesus. Rather, these, uh, rather first, they are telling all the truth, or two, they're they're a massive production house that produced a massive lie that was very successful, more than the Hollywood, right? So let's suppose option number two, that it is a massive production house, that it is a lie. Okay, so pretend that I'm Peter, as the leader of the group. Okay, I'm gonna break you into groups. Uh, uh, Brian, Ben, Reinhardt, come over here. You stay over here. Uh, Dennis and William, you stand over there in the corner. Uh, Grace, you come over here alone. And you stay right there. You stay right there, three of you, okay? Now, let's talk about this eyewitnesses, okay? So now you have Peter, me, talking about to these witnesses. All right, guys. Jesus is dead, okay? Jesus is dead. Everything is done. We're, we're doomed, okay? But here's what I want you to do because I don't want to look like a fool, okay? So you have to follow my stories, all right? So we're going to tell the world that Jesus is still alive or because I, I probably, you know, stole the body and I hid it somewhere. You know, we're going to tell, the, uh, tell people that they are still alive. So Two of you right there pretend that you're walking to Emmaus. Okay, two of you right there, you pretend walking to, to the village of Emmaus, but you have to look sad. Okay, can you look sad? Can you try to look sad? How do you look sad? Or you're just sad in general. Okay, that's good, that's good. 
That's good. Uh, you look sad. You are talking, right? You are complaining. Jesus is dead. And then pretend. Later on, someone's going to join you in the road to Emmaus, you know. And as he opens the scriptures, talks about the scriptures, okay. And suddenly you will realize that it was Jesus. You know, you will pretend to talk to one another. It's like, oh man, our hearts is burned. And then it turns out to be Jesus. Kept that story, okay. Well, you can walk to uh, Emmaus now, okay. Don't mess up. Don't mess up in the story. It's good. Now, um, oh, you, 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 fishermen, um, there's no hope for you, man. Uh, just go back on fishing, okay? So I want you to just go back on fishing. Look sad. Don't smile. I know you're wearing masks, but I, I know that you're smiling right now. But don't smile, okay? Go back on fishing. Go, go, go. Okay? Just make sure, okay? Uh, oh, that's right. Uh, for those of you right here, uh, Jesus crucified on Friday, right? Uh, and we're all afraid. We're all afraid. So I want you to go back home, lock your home, okay, and pretend that you're afraid. Okay, just pretend that you're afraid, you know, lock your home and just, just don't tell anybody that Jesus is risen yet, okay, until I give you a clue, then you can probably, okay? So stay at home, lock yourself up, okay? Let's go, 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 go. Ah, oh, interesting. One left. Mary. Oh, you got the most special one, Mary. Okay? Uh, Mary, let's make a crazy story right here. Okay? I want you to go to the tomb, Jesus' tomb, and it's empty because I already stole the body. Okay? Uh, Jesus is not there. The tomb is open. And, um, oh, and you saw an angel. Yeah, yeah, let's include an angel in your story. Okay? So people would believe. So you would see an angel in your story, and then she would ask, you know, oh, Mary, why are you weeping? Why are you so sad? Right? And suddenly there's going to be someone standing right there with a deep voice calling your name, Mary. And you know that it was Jesus. You got it? You sure? You got it. Okay, what do you need to do? Cry. Okay, not just cry. <laughs> Include the angel, okay, because that was a good story. Include the angel, and then Jesus suddenly called your name, Mary, and you know that Jesus is alive. You good? Okay, Mary, good job. Uh, go back to your seat, please. Okay, let's suppose all these witnesses, they got my story, right? I'm all, you know, hyped up. Yes, all these witnesses, they're going to get my story. But I got to tell you this, okay? Let's say everything is good. Everything is going to be a big lie. There's not going to be a problem. But there will be a big problem right here. Why? Because all of those witnesses, you have to know, each one of them die a torturous death only for a story that did not exist. We only have about nine people in, in the front. But you have to know, more than 500 eyewitnesses, each of them die a torturous death only for a story that did not exist. One of them named James. James was asked by a man with a sword. All right, James. You want to say Jesus is the Lord or Caesar is the Lord? At that time, Caesar is the king. You want to say Jesus is the Lord or Caesar is the Lord? And James said, Jesus is the Lord. One more time, James, I'm going to ask you. Jesus is the Lord or Caesar is the Lord? And you know this story. James, was, uh, James continued on saying, Jesus is the Lord. There goes his head off, chopped off. That's James. Peter, what happened to Peter? 
Peter was crucified. And because he thought he was not worthy, if we think that it was only for a story, he said this, I'm not worthy to, to die like my Savior, so flip me upside down. So the cross was flipped upside down for Apostle Peter. The other James, okay, there's another James. He had his feet tied with a rope on a donkey. Uh, a donkey was harnessed, and they pulled him until his brain was dashed out on the pavement. Anywhere along the line, some of these witnesses could have cried, Stop, stop, I'm only lying. Anywhere, out of 500, one could have been messed up. Right? It's just human nature. Out of 500 witnesses, at least one or two should mess up. If, I, if we have the youth for our witnesses, they would all mess up. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. I love you guys. But one should have messed up. You know, when, when James was dragged on a donkey before, it, was, it, it hurts. And we'll be like, stop, stop. Let me tell you something else. Job 2 verse 4 says this. Satan replied to the Lord, skin for a skin. A man will give up everything he has to save his life. Isn't that right? We will give everything we could if we could save our lives. Okay, just look at, you know, our brothers and sisters here. Probably some of us will, will do this. In order to save my life, I'm going to give everything you're, you're asking me for. Just don't kill me. Satan knew that man would do everything to save his life. Don't you suppose that one of them should have messed up? Cracked the story. Got the story wrong. Or wrong details. These witnesses, more than 500, bore their witness to death even when their lives were on the line. That's the second proof. First proof from the scripture. Second proof is from the eyewitnesses. Fr uh, number three, the last one. The fruits of our preaching. Okay? 1 Corinthians 15, verse 10 to 11. We're still in 1 Corinthians 15. It says this, But whatever I am now, it is all because God poured out His spe special favor on me. And not without results. For I have worked harder than any of the other apostles. Yet it was not I, but God who was working through me by His grace. 11. So it makes no difference whether I preach or they preach. For we all preach the same message you have already believed. In verse 10 it says what? But whatever I am now, it is all because God poured out His special favor on me. And not without results. So let's talk about the results of the preaching, right? Is there any fruits of our preaching? Is there any fruits to our fellowship every single Sunday we go to church? Is there any fruits of believing in the gospel of Jesus Christ? One, multitudes or millions of people have found their salvation. Second, the whole Western civilization owes their greatness to the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. What was the, what was the example? The concept of liberty and freedom that they held so highly. Where do you think that comes from? That comes from the gospel of Jesus Christ. The rights of women to be honored and respected. Where did that come from? That comes from the gospel of Jesus Christ to stay with one woman after you married. The judgment not based on races, skin colors, or genders. Even amongst the apostles, the Gentiles and the Jews, they were fighting. But Jesus said, love one another. He puts the ex-tax collectors and tax pro uh, ex-prostitutes 
to be together in one church. And Jesus said, love one another. Judgment not based on races, skin color, genders, or past. Where did that come from? The experience of love towards God and love towards their fellow men and women, unlike they have never known before. Where does that come from? Through the preaching of the gospel, people have found it. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Where does it come from? When there's a disaster, the first nation, the first country to help is what? America. Where does it come from? Who told America to do such a thing? Through the preaching of the gospel, our life has been transformed. Who transformed my life? Who transformed your life? Is it because we believe in a lie? This is the fruits of the preaching. The fact that the preaching of the gospel has not been in vain is the proof of the resurrection. Faith has not been in vain. Our faith is in the risen Christ and through this faith in Him, we have been forgiven of our sins. It is not empty. Our faith is not void of results. Broken marriages are restored through faith in Jesus. Drug addiction have been freed. Wombs being opened. Many people have found guidance in life through Jesus Christ. Alcoholic have been set free and returned to productive lives through faith. And all around us, there are many people in which their life has been changed. And that changed lives are the testimonies and the proofs of the resurrection. If Christ is not risen, then our faith would have been futile and won't be able to do those things if Christ is not been risen. If Christ is not risen from the dead, Paul said, I would have to be pitied than anyone else in the face of the earth. But because Christ has risen from the dead, I don't need anybody to pity me. My cup is running over. I am joyful. I have peace, full of purpose, looking ahead into eternity. I am rich and I am blessed in Jesus Christ. I don't need to be pitied. I have all that I need. Life is just too full and too rich. God loves me. God guides me. God fills me. God bless me. God helps me. He strengthens me. Don't pity me. I am in good shape, my friend. I have a story of a pastor and a professing atheist psychiatrist. Let me tell you this story. Can I invite the music team to come forward? The psychiatrist was depressed. He was addicted in drugs, almost losing his practice because of his use in drugs. So the pastor asked him, okay, they have been friends for a while. The pastor, uh, finally he went to this, you know, he didn't go to the pastor, but he went to, uh, simply to his friend because they've been friends for a while. But, but the psychiatrist know that he is a pastor. So the pastor asked him, so bud, we have been friends for so long. You know all about me, the joy that I have, the peace that I have. I have not hidden anything from you. You know how I live and my belief and my attitude. So tell me, this was the question to the psychiatrist. What if what I believe is not real? What if Jesus is not true? What have I lost by believing these things? Can you really look at me and say, oh, you're so pitiful, this fella is nice and all, but look at him, believing in something not true 
that makes him delusional. So the psychiatrist looked at him, studied him for a while, and he said this, not a single thing that you lost. I wish I had the peace and the joy you have. Back to the pastor. The pastor said, let's go one step further, my friend. What if what I believe is true? That Jesus did die for my sins, I am forgiven, and that I have eternal life, then what have you lost by not believing in it? The psychiatrist looked at the pastor and he started smiling, studied him for a while. He said, you try to trap me, do you? And the pastor said, no, not intentionally, but I know the Lord trapped you. You know what happened? In the end of the conversation, together they got on their knees. He asked Jesus Christ into his life and God delivered him from drug addiction. God turned his life around and he developed one of the most successful clinics in all of Pomona Valley. This is a true story. His changed life is a testimony to the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So now listen to me as I close this sermon. If any of you here do not know the risen Christ, if any of you here have not received the joy and the peace that I experienced from knowing the truth of Jesus Christ, if your sins have not been forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ, and yet you try to live in this crazy mixed up world without Jesus, a world that is confused, weird trends left and right, nor black nor white, then I pity you. I would understand your need of drinking, I would understand your need of taking drugs. I would understand your need to escape this crazy world from doing all those things. Believe me, if I do not have Jesus, yet trying to live in this crazy mixed up world that doesn't even know how to make decisions, and studying on the trends that is going on right now, I would have to find something to escape myself. So I understand the person who are trying to escape these things. I pity you. I pity you because every time you sober up right situations are still the same every time you come back from your high your problems are still not solved I pity you for trying to exist in this world without Jesus Christ so if you are that person this morning you see that drugs cannot guarantee your life you see that alcohol cannot solve your problems you see that having many women's and men's never satisfy your desires. You see no future, you see no hope. So this morning, I would like to invite you to receive Jesus Christ if you are that person. As your Lord and Savior, because you have seen from the scriptures it was true. From these eyewitnesses, none of them messed up, none of them cracked the story wrong. And from the third one, the proof of the gospel, the proof of the preaching that changed our lives from stingy becomes generous, from unloving becomes loving, from not, trying to, uh, from not able to forgive, we are able to forgive. Who did all those things if Jesus did not rise from the dead? So this morning, I repeat, if you would like to receive Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, we can talk about it after this as well. Because He indeed has risen from the dead. He loves you, you have to know that. 
He loves you. He has a bright future for you. He forgives your sins. He has been waiting for this moment for you to come back home to the Creator. We are the creation. We simply come home to our Creator. Why don't we stand? Let me lead everybody in prayer this morning. Father God, we just want to thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for being alive in our life, Lord Jesus. None of us here can withstand the pressure of temptations, evil, our sinful desires, this world, Lord Jesus. If you did not give us the strength, none of us here is perfect, including myself, Lord Jesus. I would need your guidance, your strength every single second of my life. And Lord, if there is anyone here who did not know this peace, this joy, this truth, Lord Jesus, the fact that you love them so much, the fact that you love us, the fact that you call us to come back home, Lord Jesus. Lord, I want to pray for everyone, Lord Jesus, who is trying to receive you as your Lord and Savior. Believe in your faith, Lord Jesus. I want to know. Lord Jesus, I want to experience this joy. Lord Jesus, I want to experience this peace. I've never known this peace before. I've never known that you love me. Like as is, you love me right now, even though all the things that I did right now, yes, Jesus said, I love you. But if you would come to me, I'll change your life. It's not because of your own power. It's not because of our own works. But it is the God who works in our life that will finish it up until the end. So Lord, I pray for my friends, for my brothers and sisters in Christ here in this place. Lord, if they're trying to receive you, Lord, you help them. And we also want to be part of the solution. We want to be part of the story. For their salvation, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for this morning. What a celebration of life. You did not stay dead. You did not stay in that tomb. The tomb was empty. There was no proof whatsoever that, that somebody found your body, Lord Jesus. It was never been found. Never. So thank you, Jesus, for this morning. Lord, I pray for the resurrection power, Lord Jesus, in our lives. For those of us who already walk with you, let us continue stronger, Lord Jesus. Let us continue to be faithful up until the end of our lives. So when we see you again, you will simply say, what a good and faithful servant and not a lazy and a wicked one, Lord Jesus. And Lord, that's who we are. We're just a servant, Lord Jesus. We're just trusted with the things that you want us to do. And Lord, help us not to mess up. Help us to continue up until the end, Lord Jesus, faithfully. Thank you, Lord. You bless everyone in this place, Lord Jesus. You bless our children ministry. You bless those who are watching at home. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.